0: Next on BYU Sports Station, the next big thing in BYU athletics. Who's the athlete that will become the star of stars in Provo over the next few years? He
1: was known as the Electric Blanket and was part of a magical 1996 season. Quarterback Omar Morgan joins the program.
0: Plus, what's the chance Jimmer Fredette plays for an NBA team next season? And Tyler Hawes may want to brush up on his Spanish. Let's go.
2: This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan.
0: BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision. We're back, baby. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Somebody's back! (laughs) After a week! Yes, I am. I had to raise my chair so (laughs) high over here after Brian used it. Monday, June 22nd, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Miami Beach assistant to the regional detective, Jerem Jordan. Why? What happened? Well, I got some sun, got a lot of rest. I can see that. Got some amazing food, and I got my
1: phone and wallet stolen. So your first trip to Miami, we had uh there was a little fight. And then the second one you had your wallet and phone stolen. I'm done with Miami. It sounds like Miami you know, has been awesome. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with South
0: Beach. I pulled a LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> you, you took your talents back to Provo. <laughs> it was it was great. It was amazing. That stinks. I'm sorry. But yeah. I mean, have you have you ever had your wallet like even lost it?
1: No. Well, you, I'm just going to say this. Dare- I'm just going to say sure, yeah. this.
0: When you don't have your license or any form of identification, it's hard to get on a plane. Getting on a plane <laughs> is a very difficult process. Shout out to the Fort Lauderdale TSA people. They literally asked you to do that, right? Yes, more than <laughs> once. More than they they asked for that. So they're not watching. Of course, they're not watching. <laughs> they're busy doing their job. Oh my goodness! I'm we, sorry. At least became, you're back here. We became very good friends. Very, very good friends, the TSA. They had to make sure I was not a terrorist multiple times, searched through anything and everything that I still had. They called
1: me, and I decided to not answer that call, dude. I just wanted to see what happened (laughs) with you.
0: (laughs) They kept asking, okay, well, where's your wife? Can you call her? No, again, I got my phone stolen along with my wallet two minutes later. Where's your wife,
1: sweetie? Can you call your wife? Sweetie? No. Yeah, do I look like... T- if I go through the elementary Am school line and I'm trying to get lunch, maybe you can call me sweetie if I'm seven. All good. Fort Lauderdale hey, TSA. buddy. <laughs> hey, champ, sport.
0: It's very good to be back, though. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Couldn't get in the building. Was doing jumping jacks outside the window trying to get somebody's attention this morning.
1: Yeah. Your key card doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I don't know if you still work here. <laughs> I don't even have a key card. Media days Wednesday. This is a huge <laughs> week. We have Omar Morgan on. Dude, when I, when I was huge a teenager, show. this guy was the man.
0: It's going to be great. He's still the man. Ten-year veteran in the CFL. Four-time All-Star. Yeah. The electric blanket. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Let's bring in our Latin language expert, Jerem Jordan, for the Tyler Oz news.
1: He has signed with a Spanish team. The name of the team is Obra Doero Club de Amigos de Baloncesto of Spain. Which literally translates to Workshop Club of Friends of the Basketball. <laughs> Tyler Haas. I want a jersey.
0: Perhaps a member of the Workshop Club of Friends of the Basketball will <laughs> join us tomorrow.
1: <laughs> so if he, here's the, here's the thing: if he doesn't sign with an NBA team by July 31st, he's going to be on that team. Okay, so he'll he'll participate in the summer leagues and all that. We'll talk to him tomorrow about this. But that's good. It's a good back, a uh, good fallback, right? Yeah. Backup plan. Sure. Yeah. Daniel Summerhays finished the U.S. Open, tied for 27, shooting five over Park. That's a fantastic score. Okay, because, because he was good on Friday, and he was one of the top five coming out of Friday, but then he struggled Saturday and then did okay Sunday. He was outspoken about the course. He didn't really like it. Along with Friday, 98% was pretty good. Percent of the PGA Tour that played. Yeah. Um, get some green grass.
0: <laughs> Colton Mahoney was assigned to the Yankees of Staten Island. To play rookie ball. So it begins. But his career with the Yankees, his yeah. now new favorite team after a lifelong <laughs> fandom of the, best the, Red, of the Red Sox, Sox. Yeah. is underway. That's
1: crazy. Taylor Sander returned from injury to Team USA in World League play yesterday and a loss to Iran. Uh, they play at Russia this weekend. He's going, he's going Iran, Russia, Poland the next three weeks.
0: Don't lose your passport, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> or your ID. Yeah. Please do not Good lose idea. that. Brandon Davies will participate in the NBA Summer Leagues as part of the Orlando slash New Orleans entries.
1: I confirmed that with Brandon last week.
0: Okay. So he's still pursuing more time in the NBA, perhaps?
1: Yes, because he, he played in France uh, for four months, but you always want to play in the NBA. That's the goal, man. Oh, well, he did. So why not try
0: and play get back? Again, yeah.
2: Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
0: The next big thing. 21-year-old Jordan Spieth has taken over the reins as golf's golden boy. As quickly as Tiger Woods fell from the elite ranks, (laughs) Jordan Spieth has monopolized the vacant limelight faster than you can count the zeros in his paycheck from yesterday. 1.8 million, by the way. He's won back-to-back major championships. First, the Masters, got the green jacket, and now the U.S. Open. Spieth has a shot to win the Grand Slam of golf, all four majors, in the same year. It's never been done. It's not
1: That would happen. be crazy. It would he, be crazy. He went to Texas, by the way. Ah, interesting. There's a the BYU connection that doesn't exist. Go Cougs. He's clearly
0: elevated his status from what was once projected as the next big thing to now just the big thing on the national sports scene. And now Jordan Speeth has us thinking... Well, who's the next big thing
1: within BYU athletics? And that is our Twitter question today. Who is the next big thing in BYU sports? First tweet using the hashtag BYUSN. At BYUSN Rise and Shout. Tanner Mangum because Rise shout. Tanner Mangum because his last name is the best. Yeah. Now now Adam Mangum, alternate pronunciation there, agrees. Tanner Mangum. Interesting. He's the next to me, he's the next big thing. That's my pick. Jordan Jerem's gonna tell
0: you why. Tanner Mangum is his pick. At Laser Sheep says, the question is, will someone be the big thing before Motoki Ailangi? I see what you did there. I'm going with Nick Emery. He'll turn heads. I may or may not have picked Nick Emery as my next Whenever you
1: go there, may or may not, that's it's not true. the
0: thing. That's not true. I purposely do that now so that it's the other thing because you said that sometimes. But that's not the case in this situation. <laughs> Let's, dif- let's <laughs> differentiate between the big thing and the next big thing. Right now, the big thing on campus at BYU would fall on the shoulders of quarterback Taysom Hill.
1: Followed by Kyle Collinsworth.
0: Yeah, Mr. Triple Double.
1: Followed by Kyle Cullingsworth.
0: Of BYU basketball. Now, who's in line to become the next big thing? Jerem, who's your next big thing on campus
1: at BYU and why? Tanner Mangum. Okay, the, He's going to be the backup to Taysom Hill. Bo Hodge will compete for that position, but I believe that Tanner Mangum will be the backup for Taysom Hill. And as backups behind Taysom Hill have found out, that might mean you start some games. And I hope that's not the case, but that's a sincere, uh, great possibility that Tanner Mangum has some playing time this year. I hope he does, but in the fourth quarter, okay? Elite 11, try MVP with Jameis Winston and some other guy who I don't remember and it doesn't really matter right now. He is going to be the starting quarterback for the hardest schedule in BYU history in 2016, and he will become El Hombre on campus. Hmm. El Guapo.
0: How do you like his chances as a sophomore quarterback against that, that schedule? That is
1: an entirely different subject. Like Max
0: Hall <laughs> took over after John Beck as a sophomore.
1: Max Hall would not have gone 11-2 and two against that schedule like he did in I, 07. I agree. It's, <laughs> it's, he's going to be thrown into the fire. Therefore, I hope that Tanner Mangum gets some run this season. I hope BYU Blows out some teams, not named Wagner, and not in November against Fresno State and San Jose State, that have a shot. Pound UConn and then get some quality reps for Tanner Mangum. He's going to be the guy to me, but he's not the only guy on campus that has a shot at doing this. We made a list of
0: 10 or 15 guys. I mean, Kyle Dean, for sure. The baseball. Brendan commits.
1: Sander on the men's volleyball team.
0: There are a lot of guys that could become the next, you know, big thing. BMOC. The big man on campus. Okay. For me, it's Nick Emery, 6'2", 180-pound guard, all-time leading scorer within the Lone Peak Pipeline. Scored more points. Did TJ score more than him? No. Wow. I thought TJ did. Nick Nick Emery averaged 18 points as a ninth grader on the varsity basketball team at the best basketball program in the entire state of Utah, a team that won the national title According to Max Preps. You
1: don't have to sell me on his Lone Peak career. Why why does he stick out among the other rising stars of BYU?
0: Why not? Everything else he's done has turned to gold. Why not think that he could do it at BYU? I mean, he has beaten the odds. The first time I heard about him, I asked an assistant coach at Lone Peak when he was in eighth grade. And I'm like, okay, tell me about the Emory kid, Jackson's little brother. What about him? What makes him so great? And he's like, okay, well, not only is he consistently bombing 25- to 30-foot three-pointers and embarrassing the varsity team. I do, too. I just don't team. make them. He, I said, okay, great. that's great and all. Is he better than his older brother? And without hesitation, he said, absolutely, and it's not
1: close. Wow. In eighth grade, that was said? Yes. Wow. I said, what in the I'd world? Be, I'd be ticked if I was Jackson. Okay. My eighth grade brother is better than me?
0: ESPN top 50 prospect in 2012-2013. Gatorade player. Of the year. He's got all of the accolades and from what I'm being told by BYU basketball players right now and the coaching staff, dude is lighting it up, okay? He never met a shot he didn't like, but he is a— Join the club, bro. He's a good distributor of the basketball as well. Und- I said, what's the underrated part of his game? Passing.
1: Awesome. I think he's. I think he competes for the backup point guard spot this year and that he could—I think he will start this year for BYU at some point. Why not? Maybe not initially. But at some point.
0: He's got that edge, too. He's got that edge, you know, that you want in a player, the tough guy. Like, I'm better than you, and I'm going to prove it to you. Like, no matter what you do, I'm just going to be better than you. He
1: has course. a step on your throat mentality, which I love. And And back in the day, there used to be a stigma associated with sports in BYU that, hey, could you live the religion fully, yet play athletics at the degree you needed to? Can you be a good football player and kind of be mean and still do it? That changed in the 80s. BYU figured that out. But I think BYU basketball needs to get back to a point where defensively they are uh, they have some swagger, they have some swagoo, as Brian Logan would say. Okay, okay, I hear you on Nick Emery. Tanner Mangum is going to be the quarterback at BYU. It's tough to beat out the quarterback. You're right. The at co- BYU the quarterback. You're the man. Has the spot at BYU. Just is is by Nick default? even is Nick even the big man, the big thing on his own team? Because you're going to have TJ Hawes, you're going to have Eric Mika, you're going to have Kyle Davis. I mean, you're going to have so many stars, they may cancel each other out in terms of who's the big thing. Th- it may yeah. be a big group of guys, right?
0: I think he is because he's the first back from his mission, okay? He's got a, he'll have a year on me. Like, I know Eric played, but he's back in the program before Eric and before TJ, and he was the guy on the team when they played with him at Lone Peak. He was the leader. He was the guy. Why not Despite do that at BYU? thoracic
1: outlet syndrome.
0: Yeah, which he apparently has which overcome. Getting,
1: and he said in an article, I believe, uh, in the Deseret News the other day, that it still creeps up sometimes, but not to the same degree.
0: Now, if you're not familiar, it's it's blood flow.
1: in Circulation. His circulation yeah. mm-hmm.
0: in his shoulder and arm area, okay?
1: So, which is a huge concern. It seems like it'd be an issue when you shoot the ball, but he, he says it's cool. Kyle Dean is another one. Fred Warner, okay? There's a budding star, by the way. The next Van Noy, maybe? I, that's the hope for people? Eric Takanaka is one that got thrown in the mix. Mo Lange, when he gets back. Mo Molongi's Mo Lange's not gonna be the star. He's, he's literally he's, the listen, next thing. <laughs> listen, Mo Lange is a star BYU. now. When he plays, he'll be a lineman and it'll be a, it's a story, right? Big the the next big thing. We have some breaking news on BYU Sports Nation.
0: Sean Olmsted. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Sean Olmstead has been named the
1: new head coach of BYU men's volleyball. And Heather, his sister, has been named the women's head coach. Wow! Okay, I thought that Sean Sean Olmstead was in the mix. I thought Rob Nielsen was in the mix. I thought maybe Ryan Miller. Sean Olmstead is the men's volleyball head coach. I was wondering if he'd make the switch. And now was an interesting time. He goes to the national championship game, and he made the switch to the men's team.
0: Good for Sean Olmstead. Boy, what a curveball
1: that is. What's and then Heather is the women's. So you have sibling head coaches of the volleyball teams.
0: Heather is fully capable of doing this because she's been oh. with Sean the entire time he's Listen, made this run.
1: Mark, What Mark Pope was to the men's basketball team, Heather Olmstead was to the women's volleyball
0: Absolutely. team. Absolutely. So there you go. New head volleyball coach for BYU. If you're just joining us, Sean Olmstead. Breaking news on BYU Sports Nation. Now the head man for BYU men's volleyball, his sister, Heather Olmstead, will take over the women's volleyball program Sib- sibling head coaches.
1: Okay, I think, I think this is a tremendous hire. We'll break this down a little bit later, but I think that BYU – there were a couple of good options here, really good options, and BYU chose a great option in Sean Olmstead. He's, he's ready. I think – he never said it out loud, but I think this is something that he wanted, um, in my opinion, uh, for a while. As a former player, a former national champion of BYU – Ready to take over the men's program. Tough because he's got a fantastic women's team coming back. More on this in the C-Block uh,
0: from our breaking news. I do want to ask Sean at some point, does this change his neon game, his, his wardrobe game? <laughs> I don't think it should. <laughs> I don't know. Take it with you, Sean. I don't take know. Take the swag with you to the men's volleyball
1: side. A lot of questions with this, too. Does he keep Rob Nielsen on the staff? Does he keep Lucas Slave, who they brought over from uh, Slovenia? Who was hired? Mm. Does he stay on?
0: Who is the next big thing in BYU sports is our Twitter question. Let's go to the Twitter machine.
2: It's Twitter time. It's Sean Olmstead.
0: Sean (laughs) Olmstead's saying right now, (laughs) Brendan Sander. His answer would be Brendan Sander. (laughs) It's Brendan Sander. At Hobosita. Frank Wintrick's football performance. Wait, football strength and conditioning
1: performance? That's his title, isn't it? Okay. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's that's true. Okay, there you go.
0: At Nomad Coug, for my own safety, I'm going to say T John Caroma. He might just be the scariest O line anchor in the country.
1: No argument there, man.
0: Nobody's messing with T John. Up next, the electric blanket. Omar Morgan, hero from the Cotton Bowl, joins us. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio. Moving pictures, as always, on BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter. At BYU Sports Nation, join our conversation using the hashtag
1: BYUSN. And the conversation is big this week because Wednesday is BYU Football Media Day. The Cougars are the first team, and rarely does a team have their own media day, but that's the setup for BYU. It's Wednesday. It starts at 10, 2, and 5 for the web chats, and then live programming on BYU TV at 11 a.m. with State of the Program, 12 to 2 Eastern, a two-hour edition of this program, and then 4 Eastern, four decades of dominance, which is going to be awesome Because the guest lineup is fantastic. If you're just joining
0: the show, we had some breaking news. New head volleyball coach on the men's side at BYU is Sean Olmstead taking over that position. His sister, Heather Olmstead, who is an associate head coach on the women's side, will now step in as the head coach for women's volleyball. So big news right there. Uh, Our Twitter question, as Jaron mentioned today, is who is the next big thing in BYU sports? Continue to send in your responses. Certainly a big part of BYU football history Joining us now, we'll lead into our first guest of the day, Omar Morgan, with a note from his memorable junior year on the football field. Time for fun with numbers, Jerem. It's
2: our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation Stat of the Day.
1: Four, Omar Morgan led BYU with four interceptions in 1996, none none bigger than the one that came in the Cotton Bowl to seal that win.
0: Ten pass breakups that season, 51 tackles as well. Omar Morgan, former BYU All-Wack cornerback, 10-year CFL veteran, CFL All-Star, and the hero from the 97 Cotton Bowl win joining BYU Sports Nation. Omar, welcome to the show.
3: Uh, Thank you guys for having me. It's an honor.
0: Most of BYU Sports Nation embraces you for what you have done, but th- what they might not know about is what you're doing right now. Tell us what's going on in your life.
3: Uh well, I have a I have a store in LA. I uh, run a little small business store. I uh I'm also a coach at my son's school. He's actually getting recruited by BYU, so i am kind of been busy. I have a little real estate in Arizona, so I'm kind of I kind of just been busy and go back and forth to Canada. have property there so I'm just busy, man. I'm just busy. After BYU
1: uh, Oh, sorry, go uh, ahead, Omar.
3: I just said uh, I try to stay try to stay uh, in tune with what you guys are doing up there, but uh <laughs> I've been busy, man. I've been busy.
1: After BYU we saw a successful in the uh, a career in the Canadian Football League. Do you mind explaining uh what you did up there?
3: Uh I played uh, for Saskatchewan Rough Riders for ten years and I played for Edmonton Eskimos one year, so that's eleven. Um I uh, all star a couple of times, numerous times. I um, uh, went to the championship twice and lost to Ben Cahoon twice. It was a great experience. Man, I had a lot of battles with uh, former Cooler Ben Cahoon. I know you guys are very familiar with him. Oh yeah, we had we had a lot of battles and it was it was great, man. A lot of people, man, the different atmosphere. Just had a great time with them, man, and you know came to end in 2010. And, but uh, it was great, very great.
1: What was that like being matched up? Uh, and were you matched up with Ben Cahoon?
3: Sometimes he uh, he played a lot of slot. I was an outside corner. He played a lot of slot, but I hit him a lot of times. And he caught a couple touchdown passes on us. Ben Cahoon was probably easily two or three best receivers up there, and he's probably one of the best people that you ever meet. And uh, he, he's just a competitor. he never never hurt, never complained, man. Just just played football. Man, he, he's just an awesome all around guy.
0: Former BYU All Wack cornerback and eleven year C F L veteran Omar Morgan on BYU Sports Nation, you were dubbed the electric blanket. Where in the world did you get that nickname?
3: Chad Lewis. <laughs> Chad Lewis. Chad Lewis. That's just because I he just I don't know where he got it from. He just came to practice one day and said blanket and I looked over and he's like, You they'll let you bring it and <laughs> I mean I didn't I didn't run with it. I don't know who he told, but he told somebody man, it just kinda of stuck man when I got to Canada I guess people were looking at my bio and they were calling me Electric Blanket. I'm like, you, anybody might know Chad. And uh, it was just it was just a, it was a great nickname and it stuck with my other guy that um my uh, my son in high school they call me Electric Blanket for some reason. But Chad Lewis came up with that.
1: Nice. When you think back to the uh, the nineteen ninety six season, so memorable. Fourteen and one in fact BYU was the first team to win fourteen games until Ohio State uh last year. What it, what did it mean to you to go fourteen and one, and what sticks out from that season?
3: You didn't really you didn't really understand it, you know, when you were doing it. You, know, you didn't really understand it when you were doing it, but the guys were so great, Lavelle was great, and Steve, Harkness, and all those guys, man. You, you didn't really start to appreciate it until after college, man. And you start, you know, you know, looking back and looking at teams playing. and it was it's hard for teams to to, to to win, you know, let alone just lose one game, And It was just. Like I said, I, I hear about it when I was in Canada. People were talking about fourteen and one. Like when we were doing it, we just we just felt we were going to win every game, so it was kind of normal for us. We kind of felt we were uh, snubbed a little bit as far as the bowl game, but um, and we went to a, to the I guess the first New Year's Day bowl that BYU ever had. I'm not sure, but um, it, it was it was a great time when we were doing it. But after after college and. Years down, you get to appreciate a little bit more, man. Because when you're doing it, you just expect to win the next game. Then you look up, you didn't play 15 games. It's like whoa. But um, the experience with that year was amazing, man. It's kind of hard to explain, and I don't know what other guys have said, but to, to look back at what we accomplished is like unreal as far as college football.
0: Talking with former BYU football star Omar Morgan on BYU Sports Nation, what do you remember about the play? In 1997, in the Cotton Bowl, when you intercepted the ball on the goal line, walk us through the lead up, what happened during the play, and then the aftermath.
3: I just remember, um, well, I, I don't know if I've told the story before, but I, I don't know his first name, but he was a defensive end. His name was Keel. Ed Keel. Ed, Ed Keel. He told me to back up. He, I guess they, they ran the play before, I think that, um, one of the receivers called a touchdown pass. I Think the, uh, about the longest touchdown of the of the game. He called it a little slap pass. I guess he remembered that that audible, and he told me to back up. It's going to be a slap. So I just said, "Well, then screw it. Let me let me back up." You know, I guess he he, he he's never done that in the, the 15 games we played. He never told me to you know to, to back up or do anything. So I figured he had a key on him, man. And once he said it, I backed up and got, my guys, he threw the ball right to me. And I don't know, man. It just. Like I said, you, you, when, I, when I did it, I didn't appreciate it until I got back to Provo. You know, when I got back to Provo, we had a little ceremony in the, in the basketball and It was great, man, but Keel deserves a lot of credit. For, he told me exactly. He said, they go back up, and they're about to run a slant. And they did, and I caught the ball, and you know the rest is history. But he deserves a lot of credit for that because he called it out.
1: We had heard that story before, and that's a fantastic story, uh, but not from – your lips, so awesome stuff it's there. It's
3: true. It's true. He told me to, he told me to back up. <laughs> and He said they're going to run a slant, and they did just that. And
1: Sounds like the Super Bowl play that won the Super Bowl for the Patriots. Yeah, he, he, he just made a pegging. great
3: play. Yeah. yeah, it, it was great, man. I just, I, I almost dropped it. I, mean, I, double, <laughs> I double caught it, so I almost dropped it. But he deserves a lot of credit for that because he told me the exact play I was about to run.
1: Good thing you didn't. And uh, when you look at the 1996 season, Omar, when did you know that you guys were a great team?
3: You, you, you knew. I knew that when I got there, you know, it was it was such a great atmosphere in Pro Bowl, from the fans to the administration to the coaches and the players that were already there, man. And, and you know, being in Utah and Bowl, you get a lot of guys that are family, man. Some guys are married on the team, and the atmosphere was just great. And I di- I didn't know how good we were going to be, but I knew we were going to be very competitive. You know, had each other's back. to of the, the atmosphere that the coaches put in place for practice, man. You kind of knew something was special. Period. And you know, once those guys on offense start throwing the ball to those big tight ends and, you know, you had Shea Mearbrook and a lot of those defensive backs back there, man, you, you kind of felt it was going to be something special, man.
0: When you look at the history of BYU football, you had the 84 National Championship. Jim McMahon, Steve Young both had one-loss seasons. Their teams ended in the top ten rankings. And then you look at 1996 BYU football, finished the season ranked number five in the country where does that team rank among all of the BYU great teams?
3: Is that a trick question? I'm supposed to answer that?
0: You can you can answer <laughs> it however you want.
3: I don't think it's close. I don't I don't think that no um, team is comparable to that team. I don't I, I don't think we had a flaw. To be totally honest with you, you know, we we had a setback in Washington, but I, I don't think it's even close. I think we had it all. You know, I, I think a lot of the other teams didn't have in my opinion the special teams part of it like James now you taking the ball he's going to get 30 or 40 yards he may put the offense in, in great position but I think we had it think we had it all man. we had two great running backs about four or five great receivers to a best tight end that them play up there man probably the best set of DBs maybe the best set of linebackers as far as a, a, a core I just think we had it all I, I don't I don't I don't I don't think there was a flaw to be honest with you I mean Steve was was superb and it was I just I just but I think that the special teams, in my opinion, sets us apart from everything because you know you kick the ball to James dying I guess you you kick or die or whatever you got that's <laughs> right but, <laughs> you punt you die you punt yeah so it it was just great I mean he he gets a lot of credit for the returns that he scored on but there's a lot of times that he just got him great field position man and I, you know and, I, and then I blocked a couple of kicks myself so I think the special teams aspect of it I think that's what sets us apart from er- in my opinion from everybody else.
1: Omar, as you uh, descend uh, on Provo Wednesday for four decades of dominance, which is going to be a fantastic show. What does it mean to you to be invited uh, to that and maybe see some of your old teammates here in Provo?
3: It's an honor, man. It's truly humbling. It's an honor. But they told me I might be on stage with some with some people that are, that that are, that are great. So, so I'm gonna kind of be kind of scared, you know? Because I'm, I mean. Just being around with Bill Edwards, man, it's, it's it's unreal. I don't I don't know, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen him in years. I watched um I watched the show last I like, think last year, the year before, man, and he's just a legend, man. He's he's the best coach I've ever been a part of. Um, you know, just for them to have me up there with all with all the great guys that that was on that team or around that time period, man, to have me up there, it just it's just humbling, man. It's, it's just a great experience, man. I can't wait to get up there. I'm probably gonna be nervous, but I just can't wait to get up there and see all the guys.
0: Omar Morgan, former BYU cornerback, is on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Omar, you played a good schedule in 1996. You opened up against 13th-ranked Texas A&M. You beat a ranked Wyoming team in the WAC championship game. You beat number 14-ranked Kansas State in the Cotton Bowl. So you played some really good opposition. You look at BYU football this year, their first four at Nebraska, Boise State at home, at UCLA, at Michigan. What do you think about the state of BYU football and the schedule they have approaching this season?
3: I think that um, if Tyson is playing, I think the sky's the limit. I don't, I don't, I don't think they have a problem. I think if he played last year the whole season, you guys would have a shot to do a lot of special things. I think if he's 100 percent healthy, I mean, watching him play because I watch him a lot. I watch a lot of football. I think he's one of the best talents in college football. And with him coming back, and if he's strong and healthy you guys can have a shot to, to do something very special. That's my honest opinion. I think he's one of the best players in college football, hands down. So with him playing, I, 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 the schedule that you guys have the first couple of games, he's, he's he will be the best player on the field every game. I don't know, every game you guys play the first four or five games, maybe the whole season he's going to be the best player on the field. So if he's playing and he's healthy and he's the best player on the field, there's a chance you guys can win every game, in my opinion.
0: Omar Morgan, one of the heroes of the 1996 BYU football season, a team that has an NCAA record tying 14 wins in one season on BYU Sports Nation. Omar, thanks for the time. Great to talk to you, and we'll see you uh, in a couple of days.
3: Thank you so much for
1: having me.
0: Without hesitating.
1: Uh, yeah, that's quite the opinion about Taysom Hill and uh, and the season. When I was a teenager, they'd have the programs at the stadium, right, and they'd have a poster in the middle. The elec- They had the electric blanket for Omar Morgan. I think that was on my wall, like, through... College.
0: There was the tire one with Tim McTire. You punt, you die with James Dye. Rob Morris
1: with the freight train. (laughs) Yeah. I recently went through all those. It was fun experience. Uh, Oh, it's good stuff.
0: And without hesitating said, I I don't think it's close. 1996, we had the best BYU
1: football team in history. (sighs) Tough to argue against an undefeated team that won the national title. But there's an argument there. Sure. Maybe he'll have it with somebody on stage on Wednesday. (laughs) I don't know. That would be fun.
0: (laughs) Up next, there are new men's and women's volleyball coaches. More on that. Welcome back, my friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. You can download the show podcast on iTunes or stream it on BYUsportsNation.com. If you have missed anything in the first 30 minutes, well, that's why it's there. Omar Morgan just joined the program, told us he thinks 1996 BYU football is without question the best team in Cougar football history.
1: Also, I'm going with 84 still, but 96 number two to me.
0: The schedule that BYU faces this year, he says, Taysom Hill will be the best player on the field in every game they play this season, and that gives them a chance to do something special. Well, there you go. What qualifies as special, though? That is the real question.
1: Oh, special with this schedule? 11 plus. <laughs> Not 10? No. Because <laughs> you'd lose three times. Can it be special if you lose three times? Mm-hmm. I hey, don't know. Hey, wait. The BYU... SportsNation Twitter contest, that's over. No, It, it, it ended Friday. The, uh, show us how you're an elite fan. Uh, we're going to announce the winner Wednesday mm-hmm. on our two-hour edition of the show on BYU Football Media Day. So come hang out Wednesday for a two-hour dish. We'll announce the winner of that. We don't know it yet. We don't know the winner. I go to Miami, and what happens? All of a sudden, the
0: elite is take, taking out the set.
1: Yes. What the heck, a- also man? Also, we're giving away a show-worn wristband from you. It's like a game-worn jersey, but a wristband. Really? You. Have I worn a wristband on this
0: show? Why did you spoil that? I have
1: one in my bag right now. I'm going to put Where, it on. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right now. Okay, while you
0: do that. I'm literally getting it. Why you, why you do that, you read I'll some ref- headlines while I do I'll that? I'll
1: refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. New volleyball hires for BYU, the Cougars, as of 10 minutes ago, uh, 20 minutes ago, announced men's volleyball head coach Sean Olmsted away from the women's team and then the new women's head coach is Heather Olmsted. We'll break that down more in a moment. Uh, Tyler Haas signs with a Spanish league team. This is the same league that FC Barcelona and Real Madrid's basketball teams play. In. So this is the legit league in Spain. This is where former Utah State great
0: J.C. Carroll is dominating. And, and now
1: he has potentially a rival. And our producer, oh, J.C. Carroll, greatest <laughs> ever. Operador Clube de Amigos de which stands Spain. For? The work, Workshop Club of Friends of the Basketball. Workshop Club of Friends of the Basketball. If Tyler doesn't sign uh, Haas with the <laughs> There's a show-worn wristband. Tyler Haas will join us tomorrow, by the way. Hold it up. So yeah, they, I'm gonna hold, so show it, the, the people! Cam- the camera's
0: like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Show the
1: people! Okay. The, this is good. This is the wristband we're giving out, okay? For our show radio worn. listeners, yeah. I, have, it's a wristband. I have
0: found a wristband in my bag, and I am now wearing... I Yeah, we will gladly give this away. Do you
1: know what wristband I wore today randomly? Look at that. Men's volleyball. Yeah, men's volleyball. Did you, wait, wait! Did you know something? I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell. If Tyler Hobbs doesn't sign a uh, contract with the N- an NBA team by July 31st, he'll play with Workshop Club of the Friends of Friends of the Basketball. Yes, that's but, what we're gonna call it yeah. all year. <laughs>
0: oh my goodness! Can we just shorten it to something? Can we? Yeah, WCFB. <laughs> WCFB. The the, the English part. Daniel Summerhays finished the U.S. Open tie for 27th place, shooting five over par over four rounds.
1: Great finish for Daniel at a major championship. Colton Mahoney assigned to the Yankees of Staten Island to play rookie ball. So good luck to him. He can say, I started for the Yankees. You just don't tell what Yankees.
0: Taylor Sander, I'm sure, has an opinion on the volleyball news that – has just taken place. He returned from injury to Team USA in World League play. They lost to Iran, but his schedule is getting very, very busy in the travel department coming up.
1: Brandon Davies will participate in the NBA Summer Leagues as a part of the Orlando Magic and New Orleans Pelicans teams.
0: Now back to the volleyball hires. Volleyball. Okay, your, your
1: initial reaction. Uh, great hire. Uh, the Women's National Coach of the Year. BYU hired that guy. He happened to be on campus as well. Sean said former player at BYU, 0-4 libero. National champion. Loves the program, loves BYU. Just led the women's team to the championship match. I think he has great rapport with the team. He goes to men's volleyball practice quite often. One, as a former player. I think, two, he's a fan of the program. And three, I think he watches the coaching techniques that have... Been implemented and learned, right? So Sean Olmstead is the new men's volleyball coach. I think it's a fantastic hire. I think there were other good candidates, but I think BYU found the guy that can take the program to the next level. Unfortunately, during the Taylor Sander era, BYU did not cash in on a national title. BYU needed probably one more piece there. BYU didn't play a great game in the, first, in the first national championship match they were in. Struggled. And then the next year, lost in the Final Four to Stanford. That was a bad matchup in the semifinal. But BYU's got huge pieces coming back this year, namely Ben Patch, along with just about everybody else that was healthy from last year. And this team is primed to win a national title this year right away. Sean Olmstead will join the program tomorrow.
0: And my first question to him will be, does his neon swag continue? (laughs) That's the first question. Of course that's the first question. I
1: want to know who the assistants are. That's what I want to know. You can ask that second. (laughs) Does he keep Rob Nielsen? Does he keep Lucas Slabe, who they just recently hired? That, those are my Sean. Those are my questions for tomorrow. To yeah, lead off, get just ready, so you man. Get who ready. are your assistants? And he
0: said he was bringing me something sweet. He said he was bringing me a pair of shoes. That means
1: he had no clue. If he's like, "Oh no, yours is even better," he's like, "I haven't. I bet you have no idea." Wow. No, but it, listen, the shoes that he gave me are so cool. They're my favorite pair of shoes now. I know you so wear them all he, the time. You if he gives time. you something even better, that's awesome. He's going to make you an assistant on the men's volleyball team. Now that would be elite. But we can't have you pull, <laughs> pulled away from this from this show. That's the only issue I can have. Can I with.
0: be an assistant to an assistant for men's volleyball?
1: Assistant to the assistants. You can help Giuseppe <laughs> with stats.
0: Oh my goodness. It really is. I mean, we we laugh and we joke. Sean Olmsted is, is an amazing volleyball coach. I mean, personality, mentality. He just wins. So this is this is a fantastic hire. 100%. Couldn't agree with everything you said and more.
1: It's a peak moment for that women's volleyball team, right? It'd be tough without Jen Hampson to get back to the national title match next year. They could do it, who knows. But then then on the women's side, Spencer, they hire Heather Olmstead, who I believe was the associate head coach, at least an assistant.
0: Yeah, and Sean told She's us She's legit. She had like the responsibilities that she was carrying in that in that role were enough that it's it's not Honestly, it's not that much more to just make her the head coach.
1: And she's really, really good. She's a fantastic recruiter uh, in terms of what she brings to what they do on the court. Amazing. She's been uh, part of the brains behind that women's volleyball run. And so it made sense to elevate her to head coach. So, so now you have this unique situation where I'm sure there's some, somewhere out there has this, maybe, that you have siblings who are the head coaches of the men and women's team of the same sport at the same school. I that's don't unique. know
0: that the, I don't know that there is that.
1: Well, I don't know, so I can't say that there is or it is not.
0: <laughs> when you qualify it that way, I'm like, uh, yeah, that's going to be tough to find somebody like
1: that. It's pretty like like in gymnastics, you had uh, you know a, a couple, um, you know, husband and wife doing it here, at BYU and Utah, who both retired on the same day, which is weird. So fantastic hires, I think you don't skip a beat in in women's, and then hopefully in men's with an increased talent pool, you can. Do better than you did this year, which is men's, uh, the MPSF quarterfinal, you bow out. I think BYU at least gets to the semi, if not the title game, and goes. I think, I think, I'm calling my shot right now. BYU goes back to the NCAA tournament next year. In men's volleyball? Yes. They go back. There's too much talent not to.
0: There are six teams that make it. I think there are 39 Division I men's volleyball teams. Yeah. Only, only BYU, six make the tournament.
1: BYU's going to make it. Okay. They are okay. loaded. And I think Sean Olmstead, um, not, that, not that there was this. When you have the first year of a new hood coach and you have talent, it seems like good things happen in that situation. Hopefully not at Michigan with Jim Harbaugh, but hopefully with men's volleyball. Hashtag volleyball,
2: volleyball. for our
1: Twitter machine.
2: You got
0: tweets. Do we call false starts? On at Hobosita. The Olmsteads running the BYU volleyball programs, it's a dynasty.
1: Okay, now the men have to win. If the men win the MPSF this year, that will be three out of the last four years. That would be dynasty fashion to me. Sure. The women right now are in a, are in a great position. They're doing really well in the league. Listen, the the any, league is good, though. It's any, not like they don't have competition. No,
0: no. And the things on with the men's volleyball side, if, think about the SEC in football. If any SEC football team wins the SEC three out of four years... Is that a dynasty? In the Absolutely. league, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so BYU yeah.
0: Volleyball has a chance to what do What is it with the that. women?
1: I can't remember. Have they won the league two out of the last three or whatever? San I can't Diego
0: remember. won it two years ago. They won it last year. I'm trying to remember what they did in 2012. That was right before I got here. Yeah. So you've so got regardless. to win at least one more time. They're, they're there, okay? They are and, and cream of the crop in the West Coast Conference.
1: Huge loss with Jen Hampson, but you've turned a lot of huge pieces on the women's side. Those games are broadcast on BYU TV. So are the men.
0: At I do rock the wise, Sean Olmstead, great coach. His best three attributes are recruiting, player confidence, and statistics. Yeah, he just wins. That's that's the big thing. He had he got oh he went over one hundred career victories in his fourth season. That is unbelievable. He's, he's good
1: at sportsing. Their dad Rick is a is a ref in the MPSF. By the way, the Olmstead family. Yeah, and he was a coach for Karch Karai in high school, Sean's dad.
0: You know, Sean is he's also... Now the USA Women's he's, head coach. He's also a huge
1: football fan. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 75. That's a milestone. 75 days away, that's it? Yes.
0: We started this countdown this time around... Two and a half months? 258 or something like that. Something 267. ridiculous. 267. As
1: Jim Rome would say, ridiculous.
0: Ridiculous. Other four-letter words. Other four... What? (laughs) (laughs) Or consonant words is what I'm looking for. No, not consonants.
1: What am I looking for? All I know is it's not what you just said. That's all
0: (laughs) I know. Fail. We're back with more. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer
1: Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. And we will be live Wednesday as well for web chats. Lauren Francom's going to dominate these, 10, 2, and 5 Eastern time. Again, that's 10, 2, and 5 Eastern time. Put it in your Franklin planner. Web chats, in addition to the programming that we've already told you about. So you've got web chats, you've got live programs, and then there's other rebroadcasts of shows like the Top 50 Plays where Spencer Linton made his BYU TV Debut. You have the Texas game will be replayed. You have Polynesian Pipeline replayed as well. Twenty-one straight hours of football, baby. It becomes the BYU Cougar Network on that day. You Wait, know it what is it every is. Day.
0: Who is the next big thing in BYU sports? That is our Twitter question today. Our, our Greenhouse says Kyle Dean for sure. Mm. And I don't even care about baseball. Well then, see the guy that takes him to a first West Coast conference title, regular season or postseason?
1: Isn't it interesting that it really starts with winning your league, and we saw that with women's volleyball. You win your league, then you got a good shot at doing something significant in in the NCAA tournament. Basketball needs that principle. Men's volleyball needs to get back to that as well. Women's volleyball has shown the way. Women's basketball, same thing.
2: Yeah. It's time to play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? 100%.
0: Here are how the details go. Oh, by the way, the word we were looking for before the break was syllable, syllable. not consonants.
1: Syllable. <laughs>
0: the, English is very difficult.
1: All we Me do is speak, English, speak
0: impossible. English for a living. Here's how it works. What's the chance? We throw out a scenario generally featuring a BYU or national sports scenario, and Jerem and I give you our percent chance of that thing coming to pass or not coming to pass. Number one.
2: What's the chance Jimmer Fredette makes an NBA roster next season? Mm.
1: <coughs> you want to go first, Jim? a pelican noise. Do I want to go first? No. <laughs> I will go first, though. <laughs> I'll go 62%. I think he's got a decent shot. We talked to him on Friday on this very program, BYU Sports Nation. He told us that some teams are talking to him, are interested. He's hoping to find the right fit. I want Jimmer to play a couple more years in the league because I think he's got legs for that. I don't want Europe to be this coming season for him quite yet because that kind of marks the end, right?
0: Listen, this is one of those defining projections where I'm going to go on record and and tell people to mark it down. Oh, really? Okay, 99% Jimmer Fredette is on an NBA roster this season. For Jameer? You know why? You know why? Because he has the Tim Tebow factor. He does.
1: Which can be negative, my friend.
0: But it will is Tim Tebow on an NFL roster even after going to college football
1: analyst? For now, yeah. Let's see but when the he's season still, starts. He's still on a roster, is my point. Because he's Tim so, Tebow. So is, so are some of the BYU guys that won't be on the fifty threes in the fall. Like right now, it doesn't really matter. It's Jimmer, in the season, dude.
0: Jimmer Fredette. That's like will saying be the Summer on League roster, NBA matters. roster next season. Damn. 99%. He sells tickets. Ask the fans in Chicago. His jersey sales were crazy for the three weeks he was on that team. Listen,
1: I love Jimmer, but he didn't sell any tickets in New Orleans. Right? That's New Orleans, but he's still there. Wait, why? Why does the city matter?
0: It's Jimmer, I thought. It's Jimmer. Doesn't matter. Some it mattered team wants in New Orleans. Him. Some team wants him. Ninety nine percent market down. You can hold me. You can hold me accountable for this one forever. If he's not on an NBA team this upcoming season, Tim Tebow factor number two. Wow.
2: What's the chance both the BYU men's and women's volleyball teams make the NCAA tournament?
0: I'm going first, 100%. 100. Why, would, why would the women's team not make the NCAA tournament? They do that on a regular basis, they okay? Wouldn't. So that, they're, they're going to make the NCAA tournament. They bring back so much talent. And that's a 64-team tournament as opposed
1: to the men's. It's only six. Now, you're the voice
0: One of th- BYU men's volleyball. Tell me why they wouldn't make the NCAA tournament.
1: They'll make it. They're loaded. They're going to make it. They'll, yes. they'll be at least an at-large out of the MPSF. Ben Patch back. In my opinion, yeah. Ben Patch will make that big of a difference. But um, they were missing one. If Josue Rivera had been healthy this year, BYU would have had a, a much better shot at the NCAA tournament. With Ben Patch, a first-team All-American, training with Team USA Volleyball this summer, this spring and summer, they will make it. I, I'm going 100% too. I, I never go 100% during this. 100%. Number three.
2: What's the chance Nick Emery averages double figures this season?
1: Ooh, That's interesting because what role will he play on this team? Will he be the primary scorer off the bench? Will he be a combo guard with Kyle Collinsworth, who sometimes maybe Nick brings the ball up to court and throws it into Kyle Collinsworth in the post? Will the post players provide more scoring punch this year? That was part of our conversation at the beginning of last week. There are lots of threes to go around. Yeah. I, I'm going I'll to go say 70, yeah. 70%. He averages 10 points a game. Yeah. I'll say... You'll go higher than me.
0: Yeah, I'll say 75%. Oh, Nick you. averages double figures in scoring <laughs> in his freshman campaign. Yeah. like I think there's a great chance that he's going to be a significant contributor on a team that already has a lot of good scores on it. Between Collinsworth and
1: Fisher and Kyle I, Davis. I think Nick will be the third or fourth leading scorer yeah, on the team.
0: I like it. I like it. He can take Skylar Halford's points, right?
2: Yes.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Number four.
2: What's the chance Tanner Mangum starts one game this season? Oh, why do we have
1: to ask this? this? This is painful because this implies that for some reason, Taysom Hill isn't starting a game. I hate this question so much.
0: I mean, there was a situation where Jason Beck got one start. John because Beck's John, senior year. John, John, had John, his,
1: John was banged up. Yeah, he, he, had, he had sprained his ankle. Okay, maybe so both.
0: If, if it were something like that, well, yeah, if it has to be that Taysom misses a game, please let it be for something like that. So
1: what's the chance he stu- Start. Tanner or Mangum starts one game? Man, <sighs> well, you're, you're asking what's the chance Taysom Hill gets hurt? That's the chance. Or, the or they want to give him a question.
0: break. Or they want to give him a break. They don't
1: give him a break. He's starting against every Wag- game if he's Wagner, healthy. Maybe, maybe fifty <sighs> percent. <50%. laughs> If I don't know, I just say fifty percent. What do you think? Use hashtag view right. I have no not clue. Not that high. I'd I have no say clue. like like fifteen percent. That's that's my hope.
0: I answer what I'd I'd I say. Think. Like a one in yeah, like a one in eight chance. Fifteen percent.
1: Please no. There will be lots of starts for Tanner the next three seasons. <laughs> yes,
0: tons. In not, fact, 39 this season to be exact. <laughs> Up next, we get you caught up on everything that's going down on a very busy Monday within BYU Sports Nation. It's going down for Syllables. real. Syllables! BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's with it.
1: It's time for the Cougar Around Men's volleyball. 40 minutes ago, Brigham Young University announced that Sean Olmsted is the new men's volleyball coach. Heather Olmstead, his sister, who was an associate head coach, is the new women's volleyball head coach. Also, Taylor Sander played for Team USA in World League playoff the bench over the weekend, had three kills, two aces, two digs, and a loss to Iran. Men's basketball. Tyler Haas signed a contract with Spanish club Obradoiro,
0: and I'm not going to say the rest in Spanish, Friends of Basketball Club of the ACB League, the top basketball basketball. league in Spain. His contract (laughs) contains a clause if he gets drafted or signed to an NBA team, where it will allow him to get out. Also, Brandon Davies will play in the NBA Summer League with the Orlando Magic and the New Orleans Pelicans.
1: Baseball. That was a Pelican. Lots of minor league news. First, the Yankees assigned Colton Mahoney to their rookie league team, Staten Island, in the New York Penn League. Secondly, Jacob Brugman tore things up going 4-4 with two runs in an RBI on Saturday. Jacob Hanneman went 4-10 for over the weekend. And unfortunately, the Oakland A's released Matt Carson from the AAA Nashville Sounds. Golf. Daniel, oh, can you do this for me? Oh, yeah. Daniel Summer, Cougars in The in Summerhays finished
0: tied for 27th at the U.S. Open over the weekend. You bring up a good point, Jaren. He had a share of the lead on Friday, finished in the top third.
1: Soccer. The men's team played two games against FC Tucson, or as Brian Logan said last week, Football Club Tucson, over the weekend. <laughs> BYU tied on Friday, 2-2 in a heated matchup that featured, listen to this, 11 yellows and 3 reds. Oh, my. Cougars fell 3 1 on Saturday night at, at Southfield. Call Better selves, men. Better news on the women's team. Top drawer soccer name's Ashley Hatch, one of the top 10 forwards in
2: the country. Cougars in the CFL,
1: eh? Boston Collie caught three passes
0: for 53 yards for the BC Lions and a loss to the Edmonton Eskimos. He
1: is back! Isn't it's it? It's an exhibition.
0: According to Michael Elisa, it's the Boston College Lions. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> He knows Does he know where they're from? <laughs> oh yeah, no, we but we, it's our obligation to now give him a hard time for that, right?
1: Hey, loaded future guest list right now. Tyler Hawes and Sean Olmstead will join us, I believe, tomorrow. Is that the case? Bronco Mendenhall, Taysom Mill, Jamal Williams, Wednesday, Brian Keel, Friday. Don't miss this Hello. week, baby.
0: Woo Today's Rise and Shop brought to you by Dexter and Dexter help when you needed
1: most, Dexterlaw
0: dot com. I want to give it to Sean Olmstead now. New head coach of BYU Men's Volleyball. And to his sister, Heather Olmstead, new women's volleyball head coach.
1: The elite what? tweet of the day, at Nomad Coop. For my own safety, I'm going to say T-John Karoma. Awesome.
0: <laughs> the Eagle scream never gets old. Thanks to Omar Morgan. Show on demand. Shout out to Byron.